0: Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is
1: Court Winsett. Hey, Katie.
0: We got you back, buddy. Long
1: time no see. I know
0: it's been a while. And Cameron Span.
1: Hello, glad tidings. Glad. <laughs> glad. <laughs> you went away and came back a changed man. <laughs> glad tidings. Glad. glad tidings to you as well, my friend.
0: <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Okay, so this episode, again, you know, with a lot of our episodes, it's we'll end up covering very broad topics, and then some of them will get kind of more in the weeds, very specific. And so this one is kind of spurred from, obviously, we've had a lot of estate planning conversations, but also we launched a couple of weeks ago that we're doing the Power Years, which is really kind of just touching on different topics, and one of those that... Almost every single person in different cycles of your life goes through a form of grief, whether it's grief of losing your job or changing. I know a lot of people may grieve their singlehood life or their, you know, pre-children lives. I don't
1: remember a time (laughs) when I was single. (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> you've been dating your wife since you were like since 10. Since we were two. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But so this one is about managing inherited wealth while grieving. You know, we deal with this a ton. I'm sure if you've listened to me talk about financial plans, I will immediately stop a client if they go, well, and there's a potential that if my parents pass away or my grandmother passes away or this crazy Aunt Sally passes away, I'm going to get X, Y, Z. And I go, stop right there. That is a windfall. We're not going to consider that until it actually happens, because if your crazy Aunt Sally lives to be 112, she may need all that money. Mm-hmm. And if you're building in your financial plan that you're getting that money and she she outlives you or something happens, yeah. then your whole plan is doomed from the beginning because you counted on monopoly money. It is kaput. Yep.
2: This episode title is a roller coaster. It's like, Managing, Managing Inherited Wealth. Yippee! Yeah. While grieving. Oh. oh. Ugh. Yeah.
0: Yes. So let's start with our fun list. Movies and TV shows about inherited wealth. So this first one I want to take, Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was thinking about Richie Rich when we were on the Client Wild West trip because we went to Mount Rushmore.
1: Oh, uh, indeed. Yep. And they've and got Mount Richmore. They got yeah. Mount
0: Richmore and where they've got like the secret room and mm-hmm. that's where all their jewels and everything is hidden. And of course, there's conspiracy theories about the secret room at Mount Rushmore and mm-hmm. like what's really there. And then Nicholas Cage gave us even more insight. I was going to say Nicolas Cage is in
2: the room. That's what's in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yes. Exactly. Exactly. But, okay, in the inherited wealth side of it, obviously Richie Rich, he thinks his parents are gone. So he has inherited everything, and he's a little kid. It's kind of like another movie not on this list, Blank Check, where it's like Hmm. when you give a child a large amount of money, they're going to want to buy a basketball team or like something crazy, and they're not going to think about it. And so that's where, uh, you know, a money manager needs to be in play and a trusted contact to make sure they don't just buy stupid stuff.
1: Blow the money. Well, yep. yeah. I mean, obviously, anybody who has children who are younger and who also has a significant amount of money, you need to do an estate plan, if for no other reason than to make sure that your child is not able to blow through all of the money that they inherit if something happens to you. There's that, but then there's also, we're not into the meat of the episode yet, so I'm I'm just gonna cut myself off there as far as that is concerned and just say, I find it very amusing that uh, Nicole, who, of course, helped us put together our outline for today, when doing this list, she did not know who Richie Rich.
0: <gasps> Blasphemy.
1: Gen Z strikes <laughs> again. <laughs> Next on the list is Inheritance. Aptly named. A young woman inherits her wealthy grandfather's estate, but soon discovers that she is not alone in her inheritance. This one stars Lily Collins and Simon Pegg. I'm a fan of Simon Pegg. I don't really have feelings about Lily Collins one way or the other, but I can tell you I have never seen this movie. Anyone? Nobody? Okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. I'm not even sure I've heard of it, but, you know.
0: This next one I thought was a totally different movie.
1: Yeah, I've never seen it. Descendants? Descendants, yeah. Yeah, I remember
2: when it came out. Uh, I think it was an awards darling kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley's breakout role. Mm-hmm. George Clooney stars in it. But this says he's a land baron. It's in Hawaii, right? Yeah. I remember that from the trailer. And his wife apparently dies in a boating accident. And then he tries to reconnect with his two daughters.
1: Yeah. Okay. Shailene Woodley plays one of his daughters. He is the trustee of a family trust that has a considerable amount of Hawaiian land. In it. Oh. Uh, and that's when I first really became interested in sort of like property laws in Hawaii and how it affects your ownership and your ability to pass down your land there versus how it's treated in many other states. Because obviously Hawaiian uh, land is premium and they also very much culturally want to uh, maintain Hawaii. Right. Uh, so it's, it's all about not necessarily trying to sell the land, but George Clooney spends the bulk of the movie trying to decide what to do with the land and whether he should just keep it pristine and nature or if he should sell it and let somebody else develop it or what next movie katie
0: knives out
1: yes indeed of course the family uh of misfits and miscreants
0: i mean this was just a stellar cast Mm -hmm. daniel craig chris evans miss marilyn monroe herself she played marilyn
1: anna de armas
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and jamie lee curtis
1: yeah i mean this was the first thing that i ever saw de Armas in and i don't i don't remember her in anything before it
0: yeah she was not really well known at that point
1: well she's been certainly everywhere ever since this movie was was obviously spectacular it's a great movie and i enjoyed it thoroughly i guess we should say knives out is it's all about the the patriarch of the family dies in the very beginning of the movie it, yeah
0: And And it's kind of got a Clue vibe to it, if you think about it.
1: I dig it. And somebody's coming in. The family wants their inheritance, and there's a detective that comes in to try and figure out who actually murdered the patriarch, and hilarity ensues. Uh, The next one on the list is Crazy Rich Asians. And it's not really a movie about inheritance, except for the fact that the main character is engaged to a man who is in line to inherit crazy money from his- his,
0: Prenup.
1: Yeah, and so uh, his his mom is obviously very sort of particular about who he should marry and whether or not he should marry the girl he's engaged to. If you haven't seen the movie, I found it highly entertaining and. It is kind of a romantic dramedy comedy kind of movie. And so if I liked it, you you have a decent shot at liking it. It's pretty good. But man, it blew my mind how rich these people were. They were crazy. I
2: mean Is it in Hong Kong
1: or is it? It's in, the it's US? in Hong yeah. Kong, yeah. And, yeah. and they have some
2: significant money. It's crazy. It's crazy. Abby gives it two thumbs up. Does she? So if she likes it and you like it. Boom. Have you seen it, Katie? Yeah. You're not much of a fan.
0: I've watched it on an airplane, so I think I need to rewatch it because mm-hmm. I thought it was it was good, but
2: yeah, I've decided movies on airplanes do not count.
0: They, Yeah. because You're
2: distracted. The TV's tiny. The sound is bad. Yeah. Next on the list is something we have talked about a few times in the show <laughs> over the past three years. It is a film called Brewster's Millions. I love
1: this movie. Starring
2: Richard Pryor and John Candy. And again, we've talked about it a lot, but uh, Richard Pryor's character inherits how much it is? $300 million, but there is a catch. He must spend all of that money within
1: 30 days. Yeah. And what's the problem there? It would well, be so easy for me. Well, that's what you think. Okay. First of all, inflation. Hello. It's a lot easier. Yeah. He is going to inherit $300 million if he can spend $30 million in 30 days. And that's it's, right. Yeah. It's a lot easier to spend $30 million nowadays than it would have been back then. But he also had to spend all $30 million and have nothing to show for it at the end so he couldn't purchase things couldn't that like he would still have at the things. end. Yeah. He had to rent everything or spend the money on consumables, stuff oh. like that. And they were like and one of the things they said was like you can't go out and buy a van Gogh and then use it for firewood. He had to actually just blow through the money. And um it had a real fun element of sort of wish fulfillment. I watched it when I was a kid and I you know so it's fun to just sit there and watch and imagine what you would do with all that money. Um, But he did. He inherited it from a a long lost uncle that he didn't know he had or a long lost cousin that he didn't know he had.
0: Left and right. That's what I do. So true. Because then that's something that. Group travel. Yeah. You can take it with you in your mind memories, but, you know, just live it up.
1: Well, I mean, nowadays, first thing you do is you get a flight on blue oval or whatever the heck uh bezos's spaceship thing is you know that that'll cost you a million right there boom done you know first class everywhere just about to say that first class everywhere like i said inflation's a bear so this movie came out 40 years ago and so it's it's a heck of a lot easier to spend money now uh, that much money now than it was back then but anyway
0: Well, and I mean, there's tons of other movies that talk about inheritance and I mean, because that's it's sprinkled wherever and kind of like what Crazy Rich Asians talks about is some of those movies with the mother and or with like meeting the future in law, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's kind of peppered in there of like, well, you know, they're inheriting this, all of that. But there are some TV shows. That we can kind of just rapid fire go through those Dallas,
1: obviously great uh, show
0: Dynasty, mm-hmm. um, the new one and the old one because mm-hmm. I stumbled upon the new one about a year ago and didn't realize there was an old one. Oh really? Yeah, mm. and I I've loved I like them both, but definitely have now gone back and watched the old one because mm. I think it's a good one. Succession, we yes. talked well, about we've that talked one. Yeah, we've talked about that one to
1: death. Shit's yep. Creek.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: I feel like I have to say that. C H I T T apostrophe S Creek, for those of you wondering, uh, is the name of the show.
0: (laughs) The children inheriting the family's problems and debt. Because that's the other thing. You just inheriting doesn't necessarily mean you're just getting all the good. Right. You could be inheriting. A Shit's Creek storm.
1: Indeed. <laughs> and then following along those same lines, adre- Arrested Development, of course, the kids inherit their father's business empire, not because he passes away, but because he goes to jail, because he did bad stuff. And the business empire was basically built on very shaky ground, to say yeah. the least. So that obviously is always going to be sort of, uh... <laughs> again, hilarity ensues.
0: And the Beverly Hillbillies.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, not really a whole lot about inheritance in there, but obviously they have a fortune and Uncle Jed is not getting any younger, so sooner or later it's something they're going to have to deal with. I sort of work at a disadvantage when I'm talking to people about the potential for losing a loved one or the potential for themselves passing away. Because I deal with death so much as part of my job and have for so long, I tend to be a little bit insensitive about that and it can really you know, some people really, really don't like to talk about it. So here we are trying to discuss something that a lot of people don't even want to think about, um, much less talk about it and talk about it in the context of money and all of that other sort of what might be considered gauche topics. But it is stuff that you do have to think about.
0: You're right. I mean, I've seen that from, you know, the people that almost are banking on somebody to pass away, and they're like, I'm going to inherit this money, like Mm -hmm. as soon as you kick the bucket, and when that's awful, to -hmm. put it that way, but then, yeah, there's others that I would say for the most part, a lot of people... And this goes back to that episode of kind of having these conversations with your parents, with your grandparents, relatives, whoever it is, that you need to kind of be prepared. You don't want to sit there and think, okay, when you pass away, I'm inheriting all this money or I'm inheriting properties, or even if it's just you're inheriting, you know, their jelly of the month club. I don't know what it is, Mm. but you kind of need to be prepared because then if you don't know what you're going into, then you are dealing with you just lost somebody. Now y- your life is changing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's juggling it's a lot. It's a lot for anybody to try and handle. And Court, you have seen that firsthand. We've seen it as well on the financial side of it. I just got this money. What do I do now?
1: Yeah, and But a, also
0: I'm super sad.
1: <laughs> yeah. A lot of times you're sitting across from uh, a potential client or a client who is crying while they're talking about what they need to do as far as this million-dollar fortune that they've just inherited. And on the one hand, you have to be very sort of like, hey, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. These are the steps for handling this person's estate that you need to be aware of that we're going to have to accomplish. But we can accomplish it. You know, not everything has to be done today. Not everything is vital that we take care of today. So you also need to take care of yourself. Please, if you're struggling emotionally, reach out to me, whatever, however you talk to them. But you have to recognize that these people are, are dealing with like you said, Cameron, it's it's a, a huge roller coaster of emotions. It, you know, it could be potentially that somebody has just had all of their financial difficulty problems solved, but they're also grieving because they lost someone that they really loved. Yeah. Are you guys trained in dealing with grieving people while also trying
2: to... Do your job and kind of walk through this list of items, or does it just come with experience? I'm just curious, like with the training and studying and schooling you guys have done.
0: That's kind of where the industry is starting to try and understand more about behavioral and really the psychology and getting behind that because finally in you know the 2020s, we're realizing that people have emotions and with money. And I think that there's always been some element of it, and it's kind of, you know. Not at all diluting a therapist or anything like that because that is a totally different field. But we do end up borderline being a therapist for some people because we have to understand the emotions. And I know with a lot of this, is that to echo Court's point of, you know, number one is take care of yourself on my financial side of it is yes, let's take care of them, but let's do what we absolutely have to do, you know getting the funds into your name or or putting them in a certain account, or at least understanding what type of accounts or types of properties you're inheriting. So we can kind of check that off the list. So we're not doing any harm. But I tell so many people, it's, you don't feel like you need to be in a rush to, I've got to spend this money or I need to do something with it. It's just like, for instance, if someone inherits a retirement account, there are different rules that go into place with that, depending on who they inherited it from, right. what kind of rules are in place mm-hmm. with when they have to pull the money out or what they have to do with it. And so that's where it's kind of, let's make sure we get a handle on what you actually have. Let's get it aligned as is. But for a lot of people, it's kind of, I need to just move this. This has been money I've been gifted. I need to set it here mm-hmm. until I'm emotionally ready to do
1: something with it. Yeah,
0: And that's totally fine.
1: Yeah. First of all, I will sort of take what you said and, and give you kind of the opposite side of that in that one of the worst situations we can encounter uh, is somebody who's coming in because they're grieving because they've lost a loved one. And that loved one handled everything. And that loved one handled all of the finances and that loved one handled like we had a situation where we had somebody who their husband was on all of the accounts and they were not on any of them. Mm. So they did not have access to any funds to live because their husband had passed away unexpectedly under those circumstances rather than than saying Okay, we're not in a hurry. We don't, you know, we were in a hurry. We needed to figure out a way to get some money for this person as quickly as possible because their spouse had not intentionally, but had left them in a in a really, really sort of irksome place. So they're grieving. They're trying to deal with the loss, the unexpected loss of the spouse, and then they're also trying to feed their children, and that can yeah. be extraordinarily complicated to deal with. And it, timing is very, very important, but. To answer your specific question Cameron as briefly as possible, no. Yeah. I never cool. had any training to deal with this and and, and obviously it can be emotionally explosive, uh, but none of the stuff that I have gone through in all of my different trainings and studyings and courses in law school, and nowhere did I ever get like grief counseling training or anything like that. So it just comes with being thrown in there life experience. Okay. You just have to yeah. yeah. You have to
0: Sometimes we're the first phone call mm-hmm. from the hospital or from wherever, because we're in a unique situation that we have an accounting firm and a law firm and a wealth advising firm that someone calls and just says, I've lost my husband and we've got to provide, you know, estate planning documents. We've got to make sure accounts are taken care of send, you know, get death certificates. So it is really, to your point, Cam, like there probably needs to be a lot more grief training across the board, whether it's financial attorneys, bank people, like anybody like that, because it is around all of us. But I guess they assume that human beings go through it, and they should be able to relate to somebody. But it is important about saying the right things. I have a book that's titled No Longer Awkward. And it's about grieving. And it talks about losing a job, losing a loved one, you know, retiring and grieving your past job. And it gives different phrases instead of just like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very specific of, can I help you let people know? Can I do this? It's giving specific things because obviously if if you've ever been in a situation when you're in that and someone just says, let me know if I can do anything, Mm -hmm. you never let them know. But if someone says, can I get the mail for you? Yeah. Can I send somebody over to mow your yard? Yeah. Can I do something like that? And while as a professional, it's kind of weird, but, you know, it's very easy for us to just offer, do you have someone to pick up the kids today? Do we need to see if we can find someone to help you with this or Mm -hmm. something like that? And, and yeah, I could, you know, we can rally the troops and find people and help out with things like that. Because it is when you're talking to somebody about estate planning or financial, it is the most personal you can get to somebody.
1: So when you're dealing with an inheritance, when you're dealing with a loss and you know you're going to receive an inheritance, we're obviously not going to deal with issues where someone may inherit something and not realize that they were a a beneficiary of a person's estate. Obviously, you have to know that you're potentially Mm -hmm. going to be dealing with an inheritance before you can do anything about it. But if you've experienced a loss and you know you're going to be dealing with an inheritance, then the first thing you do is you seek out professional advice. So obviously, you, you have a financial advisor, talk to your financial advisor. You may or may not be the person who is is going to be responsible for handling your loved one's estate after they pass away. So you probably want to contact a lawyer and just find out if there's anything you need to do. You know, there are obviously going to be tax uh, implications for someone passing away. Even if they don't have a lot of money and don't have to, you you know, you're not dealing with like inheritance tax, estate tax, there are still issues that you have to take care of for this deceased person. Their final tax return will have mm-hmm. to be filed and so forth. So contact a tax professional, you know, these are all things you should do. But keep in mind that I, I don't want to call anybody that's in any of those professions that I just mentioned out, but I feel like anybody worth their salt that's in any of these businesses they're not going to be asking you to make major life decisions right now while you're dealing with grief because when you're in a grieving period, the last thing you want to do is make major life-changing decisions. So what they really should be helping you through is getting through the loss making sure that everything is taken care of and that the person that you loved that you've lost, that all of their affairs are wrapped up and handled. Don't be making big decisions, big financial decisions or making decisions about moving or anything else. Just give yourself time to grieve and then ultimately you you do have to figure out financially how you'll proceed unless it's an emergency and you need money right now. yeah, That doesn't have to be of primary concern, at least in those early weeks, the first few weeks after you lose someone.
0: Some of the books and different training that I've done talks about how most people, we just assume that everybody's rational. Well, as a whole, most people are not rational. And you get an idea, and especially when you're grieving. And so I think a lot of knee-jerk reactions is that mental accounting of, well, I wasn't expecting this money. This is, this is new money that's coming into me. Let's pay off the mortgage. Let's pay off my truck. Let's pay off student loans. And while that could end up being a part of the plan, as you said, Court, it's better to just kind of like wait. Mm-hmm. Wait till you can really run the numbers and figure it out. And this list on here, we've got ask these questions for an inheritance of any size. And is this going to change my lifestyle? Right. Because you have multiple extremes of the equation here where some people are like, oh, I'm just going to go and blow it on something stupid. Mm-hmm. You have others that very much have attached, this is my mom's money. Mm -hmm. This is mom's money. I don't want to do anything with it. And it's funny because you'll sit there and look at somebody's portfolio and they've got, you know, all these different accounts. And sometimes people are very thoughtful of, would mom want me to use this money for this? And I, I worked with um, some clients who had this money and it was a situation where it was the husband's mother. So the spouse was like, oh, we should just use this for the down payment. We should use this for that. You pull money from here. And I pulled the you know, husband aside separate and be like, this is your mom's money. This is your money that mm-hmm. you inherited. What do you want to do? You know, I think your mom would be proud to know that she's a part of you getting this new home, that she's playing a crucial role in this. But you have to be okay with this. It is emotional. It's that person more than likely is looking at this money and seeing that's my mom's money Mm -hmm. and it's not their money anymore, even though when it was inherited, it was transferred over. I do. I got to I got to be my negative, negative Nancy over here. When you inherit money nine out of 10 times, unless court's going to tell me some different thing. It is inherited to just you, that one person. The second you merge it, mm. like if I inherited money and then I put it in a joint account with myself and my husband, he now has access to those funds. Sure.
1: Absolutely. So, And it's, it's basically joint funds at that point. You've commingled funds. Yep. And if you were to ever divorce, not to go completely dark, but if you were to ever divorce, then he's going to be able to say, these are joint funds. These were commingled and he's going to have access to them. Um, So, yeah, one of the things that people ask me frequently is, I feel bad. Should I keep this from my spouse? and and they don't i don't mean like should i not tell my spouse about it but should i keep it separate from our other assets and you know my answer is always well you know if this is something that for instance maybe it's not that you're worried about divorcing your spouse but maybe it's just that you want this particular inheritance that you've received this heirloom whatever it is Not to pass to your spouse, but to pass to your kids. Well, then you want to make sure that you've maintained that asset as a separate asset so that it's clear that it is not part of the the marital assets and you can pass it along.
0: And most people are totally fine with that because it needs to be that that's your inherited money. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to use it on joint things like buying a house or paying off loans or things like that, you can do it, but you've got it as your separate money that was trickled down to you. And so then if you still have it and something happens to you, it can then go directly to then your kids and doesn't necessarily have to go to the spouse.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how often I get people on the record saying, you know, I'll have a couple sitting together. And if I give them the hypothetical situation, one of you inherits a ton of money from your parents and your parents wanted that money to go to you and then to go on to your children and go on down to your descendants. So are you, the other person, the other spouse, going to be okay if we maintain that separately, if it ever happens? Because it's just a hypothetical. And everybody always says yes. So if, if you sort of address that, because nobody wants to seem unreasonable and be like, no, I want my share of his mom's money. you know, So people will say yes under those circumstances because it's all hypothetical. It's all sort of nebulous. Yeah. Um, whereas if you've never addressed the issue and they're coming to you for the first time after the spouse has inherited the money, I've seen the opposite of that, where not the benefit Beneficiary of the estate, but the spouse of the beneficiary comes in with all sorts of demands and Mm -hmm. all sorts of plans about what needs to be done with the money. And, you know, they don't necessarily react as well if I say, you know, this isn't your money. This is your spouse's money, you know. And obviously you don't necessarily want to come right out and say it that way because that's a little too blunt for some people. But that being the general idea that you're trying to explain to someone, it can kind of upset them. It can rock their world. It can surprise them. They may not even have been aware of the fact that they were doing that, that they were automatically assuming that this was something that belonged to them as much as it did to their spouse. Because maybe that's the way their relationship is.
0: Unfortunately, money changes people, you know.
1: Money changes everything.
0: Yeah. Not having money, having money. And so it's when the the second (laughs) you inherit this money, your situation changes, whether it's large amounts and you've got to now worry about taxes and estate laws and how you have it, or if it's a small amount and it can cause some friction in your relationship if it's not an open conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And so it's, again, think, let's paint this picture. You just lost your parent and you've inherited this money. And now your spouse is mad at you because you're leaving it in your name and you're not agreeing to what they think needs to be done. And you're just sitting there trying to process it all and grieve. And that's when it's okay to say, time out timeout, court, what do we need to do in order to make sure we're okay right now and then readdress this in six months? Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can 1,000% do that and take it slow. And I recommend that of just like, let's just take a half step back if you are feeling so overwhelmed and there's just a lot coming at you at that time because this is a long-term thing. Because think about it. The only reason that people think about I'm leaving money is because they want to then pass along all the money they worked their life for, they want to then pass a piece of it on to their next heirs to then hopefully the ripple effect continues. That then you're able to save money and then leave to your children and it just keeps going. And some people hope it's generational wealth mm-hmm. and that your great grandmother is able to give money to, you know, four, five, six generations down. So it should be a longer term really process what's happening and not just a, we got to make a decision right now. You're on the game show. You could win a million dollars. What are you going to do with it? Go. No, it's not that.
1: Although I could answer that question. <laughs> if, if posed to me, I, I could absolutely answer that question right now. So you're definitely okay to take it slow. You don't have to take it fast. You have lots of options as far as what you do with an inheritance. You know Whether it is that you're going to give it to charity or uh, just give it to children or loved ones or friends or whatever. Obviously, education is a big thing. I love giving gifts for education expenses mm-hmm. because you can give those gifts tax-free. Yep. You can pay for somebody's college education without any sort of gift tax implications. If you just pay it directly to the school, boom, education taken care of. That's great. Pay off your mortgage or your debt. Obviously, Katie has many times expressed her beliefs about debt and whether or not it's good to be completely debt-free or if you should leverage that debt and invest some money. So all of those are things that you could do if yeah. you have an inheritance, and it, it obviously it you could have an inheritance that's five thousand dollars or five hundred thousand or five million, so it varies. What is this going to do? Is this going to change your life? And even a small amount like five thousand dollars could have a significant impact on your life, but obviously you're dealing with a different number if you're dealing with something like five million. So your your options will change. Yeah. But, but wouldn't you-, you
0: like to see that even if it was just five thousand dollars of how like. Look at how I made that 5000 stretch out mm-hmm. and really make an impact on multiple things in my life instead of just, oh, I paid off my truck and then it got totaled two months later.
1: Yeah. So you do have to give all of those things consideration, but you do also have to take time to grieve, mm-hmm. take breaks from thinking about all this, just to do whatever you need to do to process the grief part of the loss, like I already said, talk to professionals, talk to people that know about the law, the the investments and the taxes, because those are the three big things that always come to my mind.
0: You're going to need your team, your power team. And it's okay to tell your power team because I've seen this like, oh, yeah, we're ready to go. Let's ramp up. Let's go. And then tell them, let's put the brakes on it for a second.
1: I know people that have dealt with grieving situations where they come to me to talk to me and they're so apologetic as though somehow i'm going to be annoyed because they're distracted and yeah. they're getting frustrated with themselves because they're so distracted because there are a million things going on in their head what am i going to do about this what am i going to do about the fact that i'm never going to you know have this person give me advice again mm-hmm. you know or i've lost my partner in life or whatever it is And they are so distracted and they're so frustrated with themselves and they're apologizing to me. And I just want to let everybody out there know right now, you never have to apologize to me or to any other professional who's there to help you when you're dealing with this. Because it can be an overwhelming situation and we absolutely understand that. Things that you can do to help yourself through set aside time to really be... Uh, I'm going to use some kind of language now that I don't... I cringe a lot of times when I hear <laughs> language like this, but I'm going to go ahead and, and and use it because I think it's it, it really applies here. Go ahead and set aside some time to sort of just actually be with your grief and to be in it and to experience it and let yourself process that part uh, without worrying about all of the other stuff. You need that to be able to take care of yourself and to be aware exercising sort of awareness of where you are emotionally. What are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? And managing that part of the loss. But then also uh, understand that you're not going to be able to get out of it right away. You know, Mm -hmm. sitting down and having an hour meditation or something is not going to solve all of your issues. So it's important to have patience with yourself as well. I'm going to have patience with you if you come and talk to me, but you also need to be patient with yourself because your brain may not be working the way You expect it to. So... It might help if you have a list and you write stuff down so that you can remember. Write questions down that you want to ask somebody because you don't know the answer so that you can remember and ask them later. Have a book that is your sort of dedicated, okay, in this moment, I need to have a notebook with me at all times Mm -hmm. so that if stuff comes up, I can write it down and I won't kick myself later for forgetting because I've got it written down. That's the kind of stuff you can do to, to help yourself through the situation and then just talk to people
0: people genuinely especially in situations like that but i mean i know everyone here is willing to help whether it's you know our receptionist someone who answers the phone anybody up here would be willing to listen and help and you never have to apologize. I'm gonna reiterate what Court said about that. And it's, I mean, you may be in a meeting with Court and he's just, he's gonna listen, he's going to be there for you. You in a meeting with me, I probably will start crying with you because that's just who I am. We care about our people. And this is when we say that we wanna be that advisor, that partner in all aspects of your life, it includes being with you on some of those darkest days and helping how we can. And so that's what we do.
1: Yeah. It's what we try to do. Yeah. As always, you got to find people that that you're comfortable working with that say the things that that you want to hear. I like people that speak to me more bluntly, Mm -hmm. um, but that may not be everybody's cup of tea. So every person needs it a little different.
0: Sometimes I don't like your bluntness, (laughs) (laughs) Court.
1: That is true.
0: I'm trying to process and be like, I I don't need normal court today. I need... (laughs) That
1: is true. That is very true. And sometimes people don't want a cup of tea. Sometimes they want a glass of whiskey. Whiskey.
0: And yep. you know,
1: uh, and feel happy. free
0: to say that. Of like, I <laughs> yeah. don't want you to sugarcoat it today. Just like, give it to me straight, buddy. <laughs> indeed,
1: indeed. I have reached the end of everything that I wanted to say. You um, basically gave a bullseye back then. Yeah, yeah. you did. Okay. <gasps> oh, look stole at me. It from me! I stole the early bullseye. <sighs> Katie, do you have anything to add?
0: Well, I like this bullseye that Nicole wrote. Um, be patient with yourself. Grieving takes time. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I 100% agree with that. I'll also, again, just take time, Mm -hmm. take time grieving, take time really analyzing and processing when you do inherit money on what is going to be the best impact. And we are available to help you as you're combating kind of, you know, how is this going to change your life? What is the best impact? And if it does come into a family issue, if there's dynamics with that. But um, yeah, just, just don't be scared to ask for help and to take time for yourself and to process.
1: Bullseye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. There's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie Pickler, Cameron Spann, or Court Winsett, please feel free to go to our website. That's www. <laughs> dot um, We've got our bios up there. We also have this crazy thing that you can use to communicate directly with us. You can drop a comment. You can suggest a topic. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, you can argue with us. We'll argue right back. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. If you like pictures, we do have an Instagram account. That Instagram handle is at Bullcast podcast. And we also have an X handle. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast as well. We have a Facebook page. Our Facebook page is Bullcast The Podcast. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, we have mentioned that we work in the financial industry. I don't think we mentioned it today, but we mention it often. We work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, more about what we can do for you, find out about our amazing team. Guys, I'm telling you what, these people are crazy good at what they do. And find out about our boss, David Pickler. Please feel free to go to that website. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advice. With an O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you some gems today, so we're gonna cut it off here. For now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm still here, and this is Cam. And we're done.